Welcome back to Disney Marvels for a week of May 9th, 2020. This is episode 83. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, Fox, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. We'll be back right after these words from our sponsors. And now, on with the show. There's many voices in Hollywood that are unique and distinct. Sylvester Stallone comes to mind. Frank Sinatra. There are, there's one, though, in particular that as soon as anyone hears this voice, they know who's talking. And that is the voice of Donald Duck. I have with me today the one, the only, Daniel Ross, who is the current voice, or one of the current voices of the one, the only, the Mad Duck himself, Donald. Daniel, thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing just great. How about you? Oh, I'm sorry, Donald. I didn't see you over there. What? You didn't see me? Uh, 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 I'm sorry, Donald. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll just pan over this way. Uh, okay, how... okay, that's fine. Okay. Uh, is it... I'll get the bigger chair for you. <laughs> Hi, Matthew. How are you? Great, Daniel. How are you? I didn't bring... realize you brought your, uh, your friend along with you. Oh, he seems to go with me everywhere <laughs> I go these days. A voice like no others. <laughs> so I'm sure many of my listeners are wondering, wait, Daniel Ross, I don't recognize that name. Can you tell us who Daniel Ross is for our listen- my listeners? Sure. Um, hello, listeners. Um, I'm the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what can I tell you about me? Uh, I'm an actor and voice actor originally from uh, Maryland. I moved out to California uh, six years ago to pursue a career in voiceover. And uh, before that, I produced uh, independent schlocky horror comedies uh, with my best buddy, Justin Tim Payne, and uh, produced a bunch of films out there and uh, eventually found that I really was interested in voiceover. Um, So I packed up shop and I moved out here and... Uh, you know, in pursuits of, of a career in that, in that area. And so far, so good. Hey, uh, it's been it's an interesting American ride dream. out here. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Never did in your wildest dream did you think you would be stuck in your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think any of us really thought about no, that. But no. here we are. <laughs> yes. So you kind of t- touched on a little bit. What really drew you into voice acting? And, you know, that really just... How did you get into it? And like, what was one of your first gigs? So, um, you know, I started my career in acting uh, with musical theater. Uh, I, I was Love a musical it. theater major in college. And in high school, I would do all the plays. And I learned about Shakespeare and performed in forensic competitions. And I was a thespian. And uh, Man after my know, own heart. Yeah, exactly. I I loved the craft. I loved performing and being silly. And, uh, you know, I think my mom was a big influence on me when I was younger because we would do silly voices together or if we heard an interesting voice, 
you know, out at the grocery store, we'd both impersonated and I would come <laughs> home and impersonate my teachers. And uh, so I, I was always doing something related to voice uh, ever since I was a little kid. I just never put two and two together that I could be both an actor and do silly voices and have it be a thing. And get paid um, for it. Exactly. That's, that's always a nice effect. But, yes. you know, to be able to create uh, is, is really the, the point and, and the joy that comes from it. So, um, yeah, I, I used to watch, I was a big fan of Transformers. I don't know if you can tell by what oh, you're seeing around yes, me. I, I see all that. And I, I want to say probably you and I were, you know, sitting there on the TV watching Transformers daily with our mothers rolling their eyes in the back of this show. Yes, again. indeed. <laughs> Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, He-Man. I mean, you're speaking my language. Of the 80s. Oh, yes. And uh, gosh, you know, I, I, I would imitate these voices and I loved the voices. And it wasn't until I was, I think, in my teens that I realized, oh, there are people behind these voices. These are actors. These are people performing multiple characters for these shows and i love it oh, oh my yeah gosh, you look at the list cool of peter job. yeah peter cullen's you know uh list of things that he does even just in one show how many uh, frank welker it's, it's a stout oh frank welker i mean whew, i met him last year for the first time and oh, wow. uh, uh, i i could barely contain myself <laughs> he said hello and i think i went it's you. Do you know who you are? It's you. Yeah, exactly. And and what a sweet guy. And you know something? That's one of the things that I, that really solidified me on the idea of being a voice actor was the people. Mm -hmm. uh, voice actors are some of the nicest people you will ever meet in the world. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and and genuine. Um, you know, not to disparage anybody else or or say that you know others are less than, but the voice actors that I've met. Are, are caring, giving, empathetic, fun people who, who love what they do and are just living their best lives. And I saw that and went, why not me? Yeah. <laughs> so, How do I get that gig? Yeah. Yeah. Not just the voices and the cartoons, but the people behind it really encouraged me to get into voice acting. Yeah. Like if you can find a profession where you go from person to person and you generally find a, a level of quality of type of person as yep. far as in, you know, just like you said, nice going, happy, just fun loving. I mean, who wouldn't want to be part of that? I've, I've met a couple of voice actors in my, in my day and they fit that description perfectly. I'll never forget. I was at a Transformers convention, go figure. Mm, yeah. uh, and I met Scott McNeil, uh, who's a, a Canadian voice actor and incredibly talented. He was uh, one of many characters on the show Beast Wars Transformers. Mm -hmm. And that was really the show that kind of got me into it because I learned that these actors were doing multiple voices and, and they were so good at it. And Scott, I just, I adored him to pieces. And, you know, we met and we hung out and we went out to dinner. And the next day, uh, I was on the floor of the convention and he had a line you know, going wrapping around, you know, to get to his table for, for autographs and, and for people to meet him. And his assistant was like, Hey Scott, we got to wrap it up. We got a flight to catch. And mm -hmm. Scott turned to him and he's like, I'm not leaving till everybody in this line gets a hug, a signature, an autograph, whatever they want, figure it out. And I just looked at that situation and I was so taken by it. He, he didn't care about the circumstances. He wanted to make sure that the people 
who went out of their way to see him uh, got what they wanted. And that meant the world to me. Yeah, and, and that's such a, sad to say, a lot of times a rare story um, when it comes to a lot of these cons and stuff that sometimes you do get those ones that just say, these people have been waiting hours or however long to see me. I'm going to take my time to make sure that, you know, they, they get there, what they've been waiting for. That's right. And then you get the other ones that go, uh, nope, I was supposed to leave 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Bye-bye. I, I, I always sign my first name. I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> you got the first letter. Be happy that you got something. You know um, something? I, I said to myself a long time ago, that will never be me. That will awesome. never be me. Uh, I, I was so taken with what he did and how he went about it. Uh, that was certainly my inspiration. And of course, I have mentors and friends in the industry now. I've met most of my heroes, which is just crazy. Debbie Derryberry, the voice of Jimmy Neutron. David oh. Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash. Uh, you know, some of my best friends in the world. And they are, again, some of the kindest, most genuine people. Uh, my other friend, David Kay, who used to be the voice of Megatron on, on Beast Wars, uh, now has a show called Hollywood and Wine, which mm -hmm. you can check out on YouTube. And he sits down and, and has wine with other voice actors and is, again, just one of the most kind and, and humble individuals I've ever come across. I, I, I love this community. It's full of amazing, interesting people. Absolutely. I'll have to check that one out. Hollywood and Wine. On Hollywood YouTube. and Wine. Do you have to be actively drinking wine to watch this? Or is it just encouraged? No, no that is personal choice. Okay. <laughs> as long as you're over and 21. Only if you're over 21. You, you got it. <laughs> this is a family show. Yes, over 21. Uh, so yeah, well, I'll have to check that one out and let some of my, uh, my friends know about that one. Um, and from my understanding, you have a connection to Transformers beyond this, don't you? I do. So one of my, I guess my first really big gig uh, was for Transformers the game. And the interesting thing about that was, again, I lived in Maryland originally, and there's just no way I would have access to Hollywood video games, movies, TV shows, what, what have you. So I had to think outside of the box. And because I was such a huge Transformers fan, I think it was like 2005, I heard that Steven Spielberg uh, was going to be putting together a Transformers movie, and I was going crazy. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I have to find a way. I have to. I don't care if I get anything. I have to find a way if I can audition. And I had uh, some of my friends in the Transformers community, uh, as well as some other artist friends, who uh, helped me create a comic book that I was able to send out to Steven Spielberg, Michael Bay. Uh, Tom DeSanto, uh, uh, producer of, of the movie, uh, just to say, here I am. I'm a huge fan. Give me a chance. <laughs> and I was literally in a Toys R Us looking at Transformer toys when my agent at the time called me and said, you got the audition. Wow. And I was beside myself. I mean, that was the biggest accomplishment of my life at that point, being able to to do something like that, to set yeah. my mind to it, you know, again, think outside of the box and make it happen. Right. And uh, so I auditioned, that's all I wanted. And I had an opportunity to come out to Los Angeles in 2006 for E3. And I saw a big booth for Activision there and I had a few comic books left. 
So I stopped by the booth and I gave them my comic book and told them my story and gave them my information. And a week later, I got a call from them and they said, hey, would you like to audition for uh, some of the bad guys? And I went, oh, huh? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, so they gave me a couple. And uh, a week after that, they said, okay, you're going to be Starscream. And I went, whoa. Oh, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, uh, that just, I, I was beside myself. I couldn't believe that that was happening. And uh, the, the funny thing is, you know, we all remember Chris Lotta who did the original Starscream. Decepticons! Retreat! Like he was so, you know, up there. Always screaming in just that. Memorable voice. Oh, yeah. And I get into the booth and they said, okay, we want something demonic. We want something that's going to scare the children. (laughs) So I had rehearsed and I had this this breathy, I had this voice that sounded like this. And they're like, yeah, we want that. (laughs) I get to the studio and they said, you know, we just want a light British accent. And I said, so what you're telling me is you want Starscream to sound like this. And they're like, yes, that's what we want. <laughs> and I immediately fop sweated. Cause I'm like, I can't, I wa- <laughs> they'll kill me. The fan will destroy me. Um, so we came up with a little compromise. And by the end of it, Starscream ended up sounding like this. <laughs> uh, much better. <laughs> And I was about 70% satisfied because, oh my gosh, that just came out. That's what we decided. Um, so that was a huge magical experience for me and really was the, the start of the journey uh, of my voiceover career and going to cons and meeting other voice actors and you know meeting other fans and really seeing the, the influence and the effect that these characters uh, have on the world, have on people. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times someone has approached me and said, I, I was going through a hard time and I played your game and I felt better and thank you. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I was pursuing my own dreams. I was, I was doing something that felt good to me, but it felt good to somebody else. So how cool is that? Yeah. And that really solidified for me the fact that I wanted to be a voice actor. I wanted to continue doing that craft to, to reach as many people and influence people in a positive way. Oh, that's um, beautiful. It's, it's so gratifying to be able to do that. It makes it a lot easier to get up in the morning. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so let's flash forward a little bit. And since this is a Disney podcast, we, we should probably move on to actual Disney. Yes, yes, Disney stuff. <laughs> How did you get involved with Disney and ultimately the duck? So, um, first of all, Donald Duck was the very first voice I ever learned how to do. Um, My mom taught me how to do it when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, we would go back and forth with each other. It was an inside thing. And I would do it for friends. And, uh, you know, it was was a parlor trick, much like most people who have a Donald Duck voice do. Uh, hey, I could do a Donald Duck voice, <laughs> you know? That, yeah, and, about the and, extent I could do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just, that was a thing. And when I came out here and I, I worked hard to get an agent, uh, a real Hollywood agent, um, they said, hey, you do, you do a Donald Duck voice, right? And I'm like, yeah. And they said, oh, okay. And I had an audition sitting in my inbox for Donald Duck. And I look at that and I'm going, what? Really? I'm, I, I, what? I'm going to have a chance to read for, 
okay, no pressure. Let's do this. <laughs> um, so I, I went through the process like anybody else. I got an audition. I submitted an audition. Um, months later, I got a callback. I, I was beside myself that I had a callback. Uh, I had another callback. I had a callback in person. Oh. Uh, had to go in and do a, a, a music uh, callback where I had to sing in the voice. Wow. And then a couple days later, they said, you got it. And um, that was, I think, the moment my life really changed uh, for, for the better, um, but, but definitely changed because the weight of this character came upon me. The, the, the joy that this character has brought, not to me, not just to me, but for generations, it was on my shoulders and, and I, and I had to come to terms with that in the best way possible. Of course. But it was, it was such a moment of joy to be able to have something not only, you know, with my mom, because that was a thing between us, yeah. but, but to, to have a connection with this, with this character, this, this amazing character. Um, I, I, I'm sure you can tell, I can barely put it into words. <laughs> Uh, it was it was life changing and and was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Were you able to tell your mom? Of course, of course. I mean, obviously, I had to keep things secret, but well, yeah. you know, you have a close circle of friends, and when when the connection is there with your mom, of course, you tell your mom. I told my parents, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and swore them to secrecy, <laughs> and. Then no, I had no, no, I told you, I just need you to sign this legal document, mom and dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with, with a little a, a little pinprick of blood and uh, make it official. And uh, yeah, I, I had to keep that secret for, for well over a year. And it was excruciating because um, I wanted to tell everybody, like, can you believe this? This is so cool. Oh, my goodness. Run down to Disneyland, um, run down the middle of the street. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, they were very concise and, and yeah, you know, they... Obviously, when you do this this type of business, when you're in voiceover, you you keep things quiet, regardless of whether it's on paper or not. That's just out of courtesy and and to make sure that everything is is copacetic. But oh, most cool. of the time, you get a, a non disclosure agreement. And, yeah, uh, I I have a friend who does uh, voiceover work. He's in New York, and he just said, you know, he, he posted on Facebook, "I have a large audition. I can't tell you anything about it for what it <laughs> what it is for what it, anything." Other than I have a large or a large character. That's what we've come, we've uh, termed vague, vague booking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or vague I got, posting. I got a potential job, but that's all I can tell you for the yep. next however long. <laughs> yep. And that has to do, that has to do. But in this case, I could not let anybody know. And uh, uh, I mean, that was a, it was a pretty big secret and a pretty big, uh, big thing that happened. And here we had Mickey and the Roadster Racers, uh, now in its third season as Mickey Mouse Mixed Up Adventures, mm -hmm. uh, along with spinoffs, um, Mickey Mouse Hot Diggity Dog Tales, and the, the uh, Chippendale Chip one. Nutty Tales. Oh, I love those. Yep. That, that is awesome. So it's, it's been an amazing journey. As you can say. You know, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it, it kind of leaves you speechless, but it kind of, you, you were... Bringing up my next question. So in 85 years, Donald has only been voiced by two other people, Clarence Ducky Nash and Tony Asimo. I'm sure I, I always butcher his name. How does it's it feel? Uh, Tony, Tony Anselmo. Thank you. Thank you. How does it feel to be part of this 
elite list, this legacy for this character. It's not like Mickey, who's had half a dozen people doing Mickey and, you know, all these other characters that as the performance changes, you know, you, you get different people. It's you and those two other people. You know, I, I wrote something down here that I'll read for you. Um, cartoon characters are custodians of our childhoods, uh, venerated echoes of time that reach into our hearts and reveal the innocence, wonderment, and joy that have always belonged to us, but are often forgotten or put away once life has shrouded those notions. Uh, timeless abstractions that course through the veins of generations and tie us all together in joy. Um, to, to be a part of something that big uh, is, is priceless to me. Um, I feel the influence of Clarence Ducky Nash when I go in to record. I, I study his work. I go back to the old cartoons and look for little isms and things that he did. I mean, mm -hmm. he created the voice. He, he yeah. created all of the essence of Donald Duck. So, so it's only natural that I would go back and, and try to emulate that as best as I can. Um, but, you know, Donald was a huge influence on me when I was a kid. And to be in a position to bring this character to life for the next generation is not only one of the biggest joys of my life, but it's a huge responsibility. And I'll never forget, the first time I went in to record, I was so nervous. I was so scared because I didn't want to let anybody down. I wanted to do the character justice. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it, it took some time for me to really feel like Donald was speaking through me, you know, where it was right. effortless and I didn't have to think about it. I could just, you know, enjoy the performance and, and do, do the best that I could. But initially... It was about learning the mechanism, learning how to do the voice in front of a microphone, you know, inches away from your face, how to uh, bring out all the different aspects of his personality. And like I said, I, I didn't want to let anybody down because I was such a huge Donald Duck fan. He is my favorite cartoon character of all time. So many. And what a privilege and honor it is to, to borrow the keys to the, to the cabin cruiser, so yeah. to speak. Um, you know, he doesn't belong to me. He, he belongs to the ages and to the generations that he has brought sheer happiness to. And I, I'm just, I'm humbled by it. I'm grateful for it. And I hope to do it for a long time. I mean, he's, he's a timeless character. He said 85 years to be still just as... And in great shape for 85. Yeah. Let's, he's, let's he be looks honest. great. <laughs> He's, you know, I think he's actually trimmed up a little bit. He's got a little more in shape from when remember he first came onto uh, the screen, just like Mickey and everybody else. That's right. Um, That's right. Maybe he had a little uh, surgery done to his bill to, to <laughs> shape it up. I, I'm not sure, but just saying, you know, you looked at back, at, you know, 85 years ago, that bill was a lot different than it is now. That's right. Um, and he's in demand, so his bill is even bigger. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm bum. Um, <laughs> sorry, we don't have a drum here. We are on a budget. Uh, <laughs> we, um, but yeah, I mean, one of Disney's arguably most popular characters. Everyone, you know, Mickey obviously is a status symbol, but Absolutely. Donald has 
more appearance film credits to his name than Mickey does. Um, you know, in Disney World, you have Mickey's Philharmonic Magic uh, show, 3D show, which is actually a Donald Duck show. They give you the name of Mickey to bring you in, but it actually is Donald's show. It's just like one of those weird things. I, the, the only illusion I could think of is, is a Star Trek one wherever it's, you know, Captain Picard is the captain of the ship, but Riker actually ran it. That's right. And my mom is a huge Trekkie, by the way, so oh. I grew up with Star Trek also. So you understand that reference? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think that was a David Franks reference, actually. I think he actually said that. I remember seeing it in an inter- interview. But um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, the... I walk around with my Donald Duck varsity jacket that I've had for years from when nice. I worked in the Disney Disney store. And the amount of compliments I get from people wearing that. Actually, I have a Donald shirt on today. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And I'm even giving compliments from, you know, just wearing this shirt. You know, it's like, oh, I love that shirt. And, you know, all my other Disney stuff, you know, I'll, I'll get some cool, you know, once in a while I'll get a cool remark. But it never fails. Anytime I have something Donald on, people instantly connect with Donald Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, moving along, um, I know it's not an easy voice. It is, it's, it's definitely a challenging voice. Uh, even just the, the little <laughs> that I can do puts a strain on it. I do a better yeah. Roger than I do a Donald. <laughs> um, <It's not> too bad. <laughs> thank you, Donald. Thank you. Oh, um, <laughs> How straining is it on your voice to do Donald? And do you need rest time between performances? Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, it, it is uh, difficult to do and to maintain for very long periods of time. Uh, there, there was one session that I had where it was a very Donald-centric episode, and I ended up with a swollen tongue and I was bleeding. Uh, it, it was it was too much at that at that time, and much like any muscle, mm-hmm. you build you build it up over time, and and you become stronger. And uh, I've obviously learned different techniques and things to be able to to save myself from from that kind of situation. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's difficult. It's not uh, uh, any pressure on my actual voice because it's it's all in my cheeks. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's a sound of me pushing the air out and being able to articulate with my mouth. Uh, so it doesn't affect my voice whatsoever. Um, but as such, because it is a a, a mechanism that I'm doing, uh, it it does take a toll if I'm not careful. So uh, I am careful, and uh, I, I do what I have to do to to be able to sustain it. And um, you know, one thing that we'll do in particular is we'll we'll save. Uh, the tantrums till the end of the session, you know, since those are, are typically uh, uh, taxing. Uh, we'll get all the dialogue out of the way so it's crystal clear and people can understand it. And then we'll go into, <laughs> we'll get into all of that. Um, which well, is, people don't again, have to understand. Have to learn. Yeah. So more people yeah, have, have to, to understand. Learn that along the way. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, uh, do, do you get involved in any of his writing? Um, no, that's above my pay grade. Okay. <laughs> Cause I, um, I do hear that case, you know, in, in the acting world that especially once you get more into a character, uh, people may say, no, th- this character would, uh, Wayne Allwine, I think was meticulous for that, that he would say, no, yes. Mickey would not do this. This is what, how he would say it or perform this, uh, piece. But then again, he'd been performing Mickey for ooh, 
20, 30 plus years? Yeah, it was, I, I think, close to 30 years, if not more. Um, so, so here's the deal with that. Um, I, I'm in a position where I, you know, initially I didn't feel that I had uh, the necessity to really say, okay, your writing is incorrect. This is how he would do it. This isn't how he would do it. Um, what I might do during a session is say, hey, guys, can I make a suggestion and, hmm. and try something a little bit differently to see what the room felt about it? Um, because let's face it, the, these are the people who, who write for Donald. These are the people who know the character just about as good as anybody else. So they know what they're doing. And, you know, I certainly don't want to impede that process. But if I have an idea, if I have a, a sound that I want to incorporate or a different angle on something, once they get what they've requested, I'll chime in and say, hey, can we try this? Or would you mind if I do this? Um, as would be in any uh, vocal session uh, when, you're, when you're working on a character. You want to give the room exactly what they're asking for, and then if they're open to suggestion, by all means, uh, try to work it in. And there have been many occasions where something that I came up with off the top of my head ended up in the episode, nice. or or completely, you know, trumped over what they were wanting to do in the first place. Right. But right. do I do I intercede with the writers and come up with ideas? No, uh, that is their process. And I must say, all, all the writers on my show are, are good friends of mine and incredibly talented uh, people, and uh, they, they do these characters justice, in my oh, opinion. Absolutely. So I don't need to. There's, I just <laughs> go in and do my thing and have fun. <laughs> and that's the key to it, having fun. Uh, I, I mean, one thing I, I've always said to people, um, I did an episode on uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse a couple years ago. It was one of my earlier episodes. Um, and between Clubhouse and even Roadster Racers, one of the things I found very interesting is that Disney has made sure to stay true to the characters. Yes. That Mickey's still Mickey, Minnie's still Minnie, Goofy's still goofing up and, you know, doing crazy things. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and Donald still is Donald. I mean, he, the temperament has been brought down slightly for the children's show, but he still has his temper. So he still gets into trouble. He still, you know, is all about donald you know that's you right worry about it you know donald duck first um <laughs> so I, I i i applaud disney for doing that for a kid's show where you could just easily well let's just rewrite these characters it's the characters but we're, we're playing it down to our audience they don't play the characters down they they, they play the characters. these are the characters and they put them in a children's show as the characters should be not playing it down to the audience, which I, well, I you definitely know, times applaud. change, culture changes, but the through line of these characters has stayed true to itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's a, a genuineness that people see in these particular characters that they love so much. They become a fabric, a piece of our society and our culture and the world at large. Uh, everybody knows these characters. Everyone has a feeling about these characters. Uh, you go into any country and you say Donald Duck and they know that or El Pato, you know, or, or whomever else they call, they call him. But they know those characters um, because, again, they've they've been given the justice of changing with the times, but still being relevant. And uh, again, just being a part of these uh, shows for kids uh, on Disney Junior it's it's for a whole new generation. This this is something that they're going to remember and is going to be their baseline for how they look at the, these characters from when they grow up till they have kids. 
So, so it's evolving, it's changing over time, but, but the center, the, the heart of these characters always stays the same. And I love that. Oh, indeed. Indeed. My, um, as I mentioned before in the pre-show that I have a three, well, he's almost, he'll be four next week or this actually <laughs> Happy he'll birthday. Be four, by the time this episode comes out, he'll be four. Um, What's his name? His name is Ryan. I'll make sure to play this for him. Um, well, if you're going to play it for him, then I have to do this. Excuse me. <clears throat> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ryan. Happy birthday to you. Yeah! Uh, oh, I drop the mic walking away. That that just takes <laughs> it off. Happy Bridget, birthday, Ryan. We're still in lockdown in New Jersey. He's not, yeah, it's it's been tough trying to plan that birthday. I hear um, but uh, where was I going? His his introductory was pretty much Rose to Racers and Clubhouse. And now with Disney Plus, he will he'll take the, the phone. Dude, yes, I'm a bad dad. I love me use my phone. But he I, he's <laughs> he's going on Disney Plus and he's watching the classic shorts. Yeah. He he goes back and watches the, the colors. He's even watching the black and white Mickeys. Oh wow. And well that's I mean, come on, that's good stuff. Uh, that's fantastic. And to me as a especially a Disney parent, it just really just it's a proud moment that my son has not it's not he's done this naturally that he you know he's discovered these clips i mean i've shown them to him in the past and stuff I, yeah i drive a minivan as a dvd player so I'll, <laughs> I'll put the 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 discs i have the, the the collections um of the different characters when they came out the, the disney treasures and uh so i i make sure i've introduced them to this stuff but the fact that he's on his own going out and finding these He's like, hey, I won't watch the one with the ghost. I won't watch the, the one with the ghost. Or I want to watch this one. And so he just he just eats it up. And it, it's just, to me, just magical, the fact that how much he enjoys it. and Because you remember how much you enjoyed it. Exactly. So seeing that imparted into, into him is just something else altogether. It's magic. And I, I didn't have these things over, you know, I, was, I just, you know, occasionally would go to the library and get the VHS tape and you would have yep. the... <laughs> the uh the the classic mickey shorts on that but that was it you really didn't you know occasionally on the wonderful world of disney they, they would put something new on like uh, yep. mickey's um 60th birthday party where mickey oh, disappears wow. uh in, in the studios and whatnot but uh which had roger rabbit which made me happy um but uh yeah it we, we didn't have that in the fact that he the, this opportunity has been given to them just i i, I am in some ways jealous but extremely happy to provide, be able to provide this and, you know, wonderful people like you to be able to carry on this legacy. Thank Uh, you, man. uh, Thank you. Thank you. Um, So uh, going to when Donald's mad, you you (laughs) brought it up before. What? This is the question everyone says. What is he saying? Because there's there's a number of theories out there on on the the internet, which I know isn't true. Uh, Yeah, but, can you enlighten us in what is going coming out of that duck's mouth? <laughs> do I have I, I to censor the show? Just, he's just vocalizing. Uh, I, I there 
at least from from my take, there's there's no words that are actually coming out unless it's specific. Uh, your big palooka is usually a, a popular one. I like uh, that one. Uh, uh, why I oughta, you know, that, that usually comes out. You know, that usually comes out, but in terms of the, no, that's just, that's just him being mad. Your microphone even cuts out when you do that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah, because uh, I know it's you know, oh, he says this and says that. I'm like, I I know, I know <laughs> Disney, and they're good. They make sure that those type of words don't come out. This is the company that made Song of the South. Yes, it is, <laughs> but no, because if you ever actually watch the Song of the South, you don't even get that kind of terminology in that. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, um, yeah, well, it's it's always funny. Um, it's just, it's so classic to watch Donald go off. I actually say that I, whenever I get mad at my dog, you big out <laughs> It's always fun to me when he's just floating in midair, arms swinging. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's always what did it for me, especially when I was a kid. That would just crack me up. And as an adult, it continues to crack me up. Hopping on one foot, the one I hand say, out. And... Quack me up. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the drums? You did something. You got to get the drums. Yeah, it's around here somewhere. <laughs> um, where would you like to take Donald in the future? If you, if pie in the sky, you know the the head chiefs came down to you and said, "Okay, we we want to evolve. We want to do some more stuff with Donald." What would you like to do with him? Wow, um, heavy question. I know, but. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's a question that I don't know that I have the answer for. I am, as I said before, just elated to be to be working with my pal Donald, and and you know, performing as as this beloved character. So, in terms of development, character development, I as an actor, of course, I would love to work with material that. Uh, you know, does the character justice and and opens up different emotions and different scenarios uh, that help the character grow and evolve, much like any other character. Um, that for me is very gratifying. But in terms of where Donald goes from here, um, once again, it's above my pay grade. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just happy to be doing it. And I feel that I'm capable of bringing a wide range of emotions and, and different things to the character. And uh, hopefully at some point I'll have that opportunity. But for now, I am, again, very grateful to be doing what I'm doing. On, on for the ride. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so someone was asking me, um, when you do your read-throughs, when you're reading through the script and stuff, um, you, know, you get the script for an episode in front of your head. Is it... Daniel's voice that is reading the script or is it Donald's <laughs> voice that is reading the script? Um, when I first started, it was my voice. Uh, now that the show has aired and I see, you know, my work coming through the screen, it's no longer me. I hear Donald. I hear the characters. I know what they're going to do, how they're going to respond, react. So I hear it play out in my head. Um, so it's very different than what it started out as, but yeah, no, it's, it's Donald. He, he is alive and, and, uh, he, he's a real person and a, 
a, a living, breathing character, and, and he speaks for himself. So just like Donald, so you thought you were in charge at first, and Donald said, step aside. No, no, this is my performance. You, you get out of here. <laughs> Slams the door in your face, and now I'm taking it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He knows, he knows what's best. You don't know what and, you're talking he's about. The boss. You know? He's yeah. the boss, so I listen to the boss. Uh, it reminds me, one of my favorite episodes is the one with the three capillaros. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Panchito and Jose. Yeah, I always love when the three capillaros get involved. And uh, the fact that they brought them into uh, Roads the Racers. And uh, it just, uh, it's a fantastic episode. Uh, sorry, just <laughs> come across my mind. <laughs> As you're walking around your, your place there in California, um, especially nowadays, whenever you're only can walk around your place in California, do you ever find yourself randomly talking like Donald? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you're opening like a, trying to open about, a can and you start, you know, getting frustrated. <laughs> once in a while, once in a while, he does come out. Um, but, you know, like I was saying, it's, it's, a, it's a muscle that I have to work out. So I do. I keep up on the voice and I will talk to myself in the voice and uh, have great conversations. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a very interesting dynamic. And of course, we are in quarantine. So what else do I have to do? <laughs> Besides posting really cool TikTok videos on, there you on go. Twitter. There you go. And if any of your followers would like to take a look, it's at actor Daniel Ross. Actor Daniel Ross. And that's my handle across all social media if you'd like to follow me. Oh, absolutely. Um, you beat me to that question. <laughs> I'm good about that stuff. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I'll bring it up again. <laughs> um, speaking of COVID-19, so since all of this has come down in March and now into May, how has it changed your life as a, a working actor, voice actor, artist? Um, greatly. Um, not only is this such a difficult time for so many people, um, people I know have lost loved ones. Um, you know, the world feels upside down in a lot of respects. And for me, uh, because of the way technology is, I, I feel very grateful um, to be able to work from home. I, I have, uh, you know, my setup where I do my auditions that I've retrofitted to be able to actually record uh, for video games and for, you know, animation. So uh, I, I've been able to make it work here. And, uh, you know, as such, a lot of voice actors are doing the same. They're, they're trying to continue to work and work from home. And so far, uh, you know, the, the show must go on, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, we have a rare opportunity in animation where the voices get laid down, then it's animated, and then we'll go in to do pickups or, you know, ADR, we'll go in and, and, you know, maybe a line gets changed here or there. But six to eight months later is when the animation finally arrives. So what we're doing right now, you know, is going to come out next year. <laughs> so there's, there's oh, wow. time to be able to make changes and do things. And that's, that's very unique, I think, to voiceover. So I feel very fortunate. Uh, I, I know I keep saying, you know, grateful. I, I am very grateful for where I find myself and the ability to continue to work and to continue to be able to bring these characters to life from home. 
Um, whether I'm wearing pajamas or not, you, that's up to your imagination. Um, but I'll just uh, put you in like a, a, a sailor outfit. There you go. <laughs> Yellow slippers on and a, a hat. For I'll let reason. you keep that. I'll let you keep that one. <laughs> but wearing pants. No, I, I just I am very grateful to to be in this industry, to be surrounded by amazing people who are all striving for the same things: creative expression, make the world a better place, uh, and you know, do do good by ours and our families. Um, you know, I have a, a cameo account where I, I do personalized messages for people and I've been doing, I've been donating everything that I've been receiving to Meals on Wheels of America uh, because it's just something else that I can, I can do from, from, from home to be able to feel like I'm making a difference somehow, some way. Oh, that's and fantastic. to be able to help the, 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 those among us who are uh, less capable of helping themselves uh, certainly goes a long way to make me feel better about the circumstances. So, uh, yeah. how does one get, uh, get you to, uh, in touch with you to do that? Uh, if you go to cameo.com, you can look me up, uh, and, and find me very easily. It's a very simple process. Um, and, uh, you get a personalized video recording, uh, you know, from any of the characters that you're interested in and you can find other celebrities and other, uh, actors, social media influencers, voice actors, you can find them all on there. Um, it would be the same as if you went to a convention and, you know, went up to the table and, you know, had a personalized message or something like that. It's very similar. Um, so you can certainly do that. And obviously follow me, like I said before, on uh, social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. You can find me under actor Daniel Ross. That's okay. Fantastic. So the fact that you're donating your proceeds, it just makes it even that more special. You know, in, in this you. time in time of need, uh, Daniel, thank you for your time. Um, it, it's been fantastic having you on, learning about your journey to to reach this. You know, to, to become this iconic iconic voice that people are now growing up with, and into you know, kids are their introductory to Donald Duck is through you. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a blessing and, um, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. And thank you for coming on and, and, you know, telling us about your journey. Every minute of it, man, I am enjoying this ride. And uh, again, I hope to be able to do it for, for as long as they let me. And uh, yeah, man, uh, it's just, I, I'm a huge Disney fan. <laughs> this is a dream come true. Walt said it best. You know, a dream is a dream your heart makes. And, and this is one that I never anticipated ever happening. And the fact that it has, and I have this ability to speak to folks like yourself and share a little bit of that story and partake in some of the magic that Disney actually creates in this world uh, is very meaningful to me. So, um, Matthew, thank you so much for having me on your show. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And, you know, Donald's in good hands. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Much again. obliged, man. I'd like to thank both our special guests uh, again so much for joining us on the show, um, Daniel and Donald. Thank you for coming on the show, and um, it was fantastic to hear from them both. So, 
what is one of your favorite Donald Duck episodes of Roast Racers or just the shorts? What is, what's some of your favorite Donald Duck moments? Let us know. Join the conversation on Facebook, facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast. Also on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Disney Marvel podcast. We're also on the Twitter, which is at Disney Marvel's. You can also email the show with your answers or suggestions to DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voice message through the Anchor app or website. Links to everything is in the show notes. I want to thank you, the listeners, for your time. I know how crazy life is, particularly nowadays. We don't even know necessarily what day it is. So the fact that you've taken some of that time, that crazy time, and you spent it with me and my guests means a lot. If I could just ask for just a few more moments, if you could go wherever you're listening, you go to iTunes or just wherever, leave a rating for the show. Leave a, a, we're doing good. We got all five star reviews so far. I would be happy if you could add in yours and even add in comments. If that, that is too much to ask, if I could just ask you to tell your friends. Tell your families, anyone else that you know are Disney people. Let them know about the show. Because the more people who are interested or more people that join the show, the better it is. The more people makes the family bigger. And that's something that Walt's always believed in. Bigger family. Don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're at it, though. While you're on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. Make sure you subscribe so this way you always know when new episodes are posted. But while you're at it, also consider becoming a premium subscriber to the show to help us help us out. Keep the lights on, keep the equipment up and running, keep the hamster running in the wheel, as it were. You can do this over at Anchor, anchor.fm slash DisneyMarvels slash support. Or, if you want to get some cool, neat stuff, find us our, our Patreon page. Links to everything is also in the show notes. Remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. Whatever you're facing out there, no matter how difficult, how impossible things may seem, how dark and bleak life may may appear at the moment, don't give up. Because there is a light. There's always a light. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, but that light is inside of you. Look deep down. Search for it. Feel the warmth. Embrace it when you find it, because it is there. It is the goodness that will help you through. It is the strength that you need to overcome. And it is the hope of a brighter tomorrow. Never give up. Never give in. Be your own hero. And you will achieve greatness. I'd like to end this show with a quote from Walt Disney himself. We've developed so many talents as we went along that I lay awake at night figuring out how to use them. That's how we've become so diverse. It was only, it was a natural branching out. That again is from Walt Disney. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.